Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stacy Shifted Podcast. I'd like to begin today by thanking each and every one of you for listening. And I appreciate so many of you taking the time to send an email or a text message and say how much the podcast has been a blessing to you. That's been my prayer and my desire is that every episode would have some kind of a constructive, beneficial uh, element to be able to offer to those that tune in and listen. I, um, I have a, a subject on my heart today that's been on my heart for several days. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't really want to do this particular episode. I debated on whether or not to say anything about it. Uh, sometimes I feel like uh, God's doing a specific work in my own heart and in my in my life. And um, I don't know sometimes if it's just something he wants to do for me and wants me to uh, listen to his voice and learn from and make changes in my own life or if he ever wants me to just share with others, including my church sometimes, uh, what God's doing for me. But I couldn't get away from this this uh, subject. I couldn't get away from uh, this overwhelming burden to share uh, in more depth uh, a subject that I dealt with in the last episode. I really feel like that God has um, shown me some things. I feel like God has helped me uh, get some victory over some things. And I, I don't know, I feel like I just maybe need to uh, open up and maybe be a little bit vulnerable, a little bit more transparent today in this episode, and just talk to you about uh, some of the things that I feel like God's doing in my heart. It's been a, uh, a process over the last few months, actually. Uh, we had a revival uh, back in um, July, I believe it was, in uh, August. God did a work in my heart. We went on vacation, and I began to make some personal changes and just modify some behavior, and I uh, have been uh, uh, amazed, really, at the benefit of this gradual uh, detoxing, if you will, of my mind and my, and my, um, my, my thoughts, my thought life, my thought patterns, and, and I just thought that, that maybe today I would expound on that a little bit more and uh, just share with you some things that I feel like God's done for me and maybe challenge others uh, to try it as well. We had a men's conference here last weekend. Um, we had Dr. Uh, Wayne Hardy from Bible Baptist Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. He came and preached twice, once on Friday night and once on Saturday morning. And then my dear friend, uh, Dr. Billy Ingram from Canaan Baptist Church in Covington, Georgia. He also came and preached on Friday night and Saturday morning. And I just really felt like God kind of consummated some things in my own mind, in my own heart, uh, that um, kind of started making things make more sense for me. Uh, the the day and age we live in, there's so many different things uh, lobbying for our attention, so many people pulling at us. And uh, we've got those of us that are in the ministry, if you're in the ministry, if you're a pastor or you're involved in the ministry, you've got uh, the church and the cares of the church and the people and the needs of the church people are constantly uh, pulling at you and needing your attention. And if you're married with a wife and you've got children, then you understand the responsibility that we have in the home to 
um, minister to them and, and make sure they're seen about and take care of our wives and our children and and uh, just so many responsibilities. If you don't uh, work in the ministry, but you have a, a, a public job, then you've got that responsibility of putting, putting food on the table, earning a living, getting up every morning and going to work. And you got to please your boss. You've got to you got to uh, do what he hired you to do, and and uh, you've got all of that. And I feel like many times we have done ourselves uh, a disservice by not recognizing the tactics of Satan and inadvertently adding to our own burdens and our own loads and our own uh, concerns and anxieties and cares more unnecessary baggage. The, the title of today's episode is a bit different, I know. Um, the, the, the thought of ditching the, uh, the albatross, if you will, is kind of been on my mind. Uh, that word albatross, most of you probably recognize it. It's a, it's a bird, uh, chiefly in the oceans of the uh, southern hemisphere. It has a hooked beak and a long, narrow wings that can exceed 10 or 11 feet in diameter. That's a huge bird. First time I ever remember seeing an albatross probably was when I was watching the old uh, rescuers, uh, the Walt Disney rescuers, the two little mice. Uh, remember they were flying around on that uh, on that big white bird. That was an albatross when they were trying to rescue uh, that little girl uh, from the crocodiles and from that evil woman in that uh, rescuers uh, movie as a child, I watched that. But um, there's a there's another use of that word, albatross. If you're a golfer, uh, you probably have uh, never never had a, an albatross. But that is when you have a score of three under par on a hole. If you're one under par, then you have a birdie, and then if you have two under par, it's an eagle. Three under par is a, is called an albatross, and uh, that's a very rare uh, thing to see in the golf. Uh, community, but um, if you're a golfer, good luck with that. Uh, but the the other use of the word albatross is what I want to look at today, and it's if you look it up in the dictionary, it literally means a source of worry or distress, or it is an obstacle to success, and it is used in, in, in synonymous with a burden, uh, more or less a self-imposed burden. Uh, it comes from a story. Let's do a little bit of research this morning. Samuel Taylor Coleridge wrote a book in uh, 1798, a poem called The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. And uh, the story tells about uh, a sailor that had killed an albatross that had been following their ship. And when he did that, in the minds of the other sailors, he brought about a curse that led to the death of all the other crew members. And uh, as a punishment, the crew took that dead albatross and hung it around the neck of that mariner uh, and made him have to live with it to watch the the unfolding of the curse. Um, obviously, the metaphor there is uh, something that causes anxiety or guilt or that is a burden or that encumbers or limits you from being able to do whatever it is that you're supposed to do. And we hear that word used sometimes. Uh, if you look it up in the dictionary, sometimes people allow things in their life to become an albatross in their life, around their neck. It basically it just uh, uh, it impedes and hinders. And my, my challenge to you today would be to maybe take a, a moment and do a little bit of reflection 
and uh, self-analysis um, and just look at your life and your schedule and look at things that you've allowed into your life and determine whether or not you feel that uh, you have maybe, without even realizing it, uh, hung an albatross around your neck. And I encourage you today to get rid of it. Um, the thing, The thing that I guess the Bible verse that we could use in conjunction with this thought would be Hebrews chapter 12, verse number one, where the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we're also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. So let us run with patience the race that is set before us. A lot of times we get so concerned about sin. And, uh, well, we had a tremendous message uh, this past Wednesday night here at Calvary Baptist Church. Dr. Bittner, who's the director of the Baltimore Rescue Mission, he and his wife uh, are members of our church and uh, live up in uh, on the Pennsylvania-Maryland state line. They drive about an hour and 10 minutes to church here every service. Faithful as clockwork. And I was experiencing a bit of a, a head cold. Actually, I've got a severe head cold uh, last Saturday and I was able to preach Sunday morning, but I just, I couldn't shake it. And um, it settled in my nose and my throat. And and uh, I had a dear missionary friend, Brother Bobby Nichols down in Brazil, preach for me Sunday night. Uh, but Wednesday, I just felt horrible. And I called Dr. Bittner and I said, would you preach for me? Uh, tonight, and he preached uh, Wednesday night, and I didn't challenge you to go look that up on our church's YouTube channel. He preached on don't uh, don't take grace for granted. He talked about sin, the importance of of having the right biblical attitude about sin in our life, and many Christians don't. Uh, but uh, this verse talks about laying aside every weight and the sin. Many times we get so focused on the sin, we get so focused on the the clear violations of Scripture, the clear uh, specific, detailed uh, things in our life that would, without question, fall into the category of sin. And we address those and we look at those and we try to focus on those and make sure we deal with those. And in doing so many times, we inadvertently allow a weight to enter into our life, which may or may not be a sin. Uh, but if it impedes you in any way, it hinders you in any way from running the race that God has set before you, then we're supposed to get rid of it. Hence the title of the episode today, Ditch the Albatross. If you've got a uh, a weight or, or something in your life that is hindering you from being able to reach your full potential as a Christian, to reach your full potential as a husband, a wife, a, a, a parent, um, then you need to deal with it. You get rid of it. Lay it aside. Toss it. And, and, and clear up and declutter uh, your life so that you can run with patience. The, the, the subject that I want to deal with today is a subject that every single one of us, uh, no doubt, need admonition about concerning, and that would be the area of social media. I remember years ago when, when social media first came out, I, I was uh, amazed at uh, how obvious it was to me at that time that it could be uh, though possibly a, a tool for good, something that you could implement into the ministry and reach souls and, and, and get the gospel out, and it is. Uh, but I saw it for what it was almost immediately that this was uh, something that the devil could use to interfere with the hearts and minds of people and steal their time away and rob them of their peace, their joy, 
and their effectiveness and uh, just ba ba just basically uh, just a, uh, just a distraction, a distraction and a hindrance and a weight. I saw that for what it was. Um, I grew up in a Christian home and I was just, I guess, taught to see things many times through uh, different uh, lens and, and, and see things uh, more through a biblical worldview. And, and, and I saw uh, when the internet became a thing. I remember when the internet became a thing and, and, and computers and e email and having access to the World Wide Web. I noticed when that became a thing. Uh, I was in Bible college at the time. I had an old fossil uh, desktop computer. I had a 486. I'll never forget. My father-in-law hooked me up with a, a computer, and we used to have the dial-up modems. You remember those uh, that hooked up to your phone jack? And, uh, and every time you'd want to check your email, you'd have to log on to your uh, email account. And at the time, we used Juno. I had a Juno account. And, man, that thing would make all those sounds and, and, and not make all that racket and hook up to the Internet, and you'd check your email. And, and back then, you'd go look on the, on the uh, websites, and there wasn't a whole lot. Uh, AOL uh, was a thing, and Yahoo was a thing. And uh, you'd go and look at news and click on this and that. And I realized right away that just the access to the Internet, of course, the devil uh, uses anything that has any good. He uses it for bad. And uh, almost immediately, the, uh, the the pedophiles and the and the pornography websites begin to flourish, and and um, men and women cheating on their wives and hooking up with other people, and, and it just became an avenue of just added layers and added layers of of, of destruction and and depravity, and pastors dealing with it, and marriage counseling, and many times it traced back to husbands and wives looking up old flames on the internet and and uh, looking at pornography and looking at things of that nature. And even as I was in Bible college uh, back in the 90s, I saw uh, the potential for the great harm and great damage. And now here it is, 2021, 20 years later, I'm, I'm, I'm married with grown kids and been in the ministry for a number of years. And and uh, the, the, the evolution of social media to all the many different platforms that are out there now, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok, and uh, goodness gracious, Facebook and YouTube, and and now you've got all of these conservative slash uh, free speech platforms that have come out as an alternative to the 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 uh, former existing social media pages, Parler and and Telegram and uh, Rumble, and all these things that have come out as a result of the censoring. And uh, the truth of the matter is, there are there are uh, just a wide variety of social media platforms out there. But I realized this. I realized this um, sometime back, um, and but I've had to come to the realization of it, to be brutally honest with you and be brutally honest with myself, that um, social media is as addictive as any drug that's on the street. I know we deal with drugs in our community, um, the, the, the cocaine, the heroin, the meth, and, and all these things. But I had to come to the realization that social media or the internet in general, the internet, just getting on the iPhones or your 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 iPads and your laptops, your computers, it's a it's a drug. It's it's a it's a it's a dopamine hit to your brain. To your body responds to the notifications. It responds to the uh, just the excitement of what's what's behind that that click. What's behind that that hyperlink? Clicking on that picture, that news article, 
uh, that video link, that that picture, whatever. It it is uh, is the same. The dopamine, the 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 re response in the brain is the same. And these these uh, tech companies have succeeded in building a a platform, uh, whether it be Twitter, whether it be Facebook, uh, Facebook really, and YouTube both have succeeded in building a platform with algorithms and capabilities that are, uh, quite frankly, addictive. You can get on YouTube to look for something, look look for, a, a, I want to find out how to fix my truck, or I need to fi figure out how to, how to do this or do that. And the next thing you know, you've spent 30, 45 minutes clicking on suggested links that are on the side of the screen there. It's designed to keep you on there because they generate uh, ads through revenue or generate revenue through the ads that are in those videos. And as long as they can keep you on there clicking on things, they're making money. Same thing with Facebook. It is designed to keep you on there. You, it's not designed to get you off. Uh, it's not designed for you to get on there and see what your friend's doing and get off of it. It's designed to to suck you in, pull you in. And uh, I, I, I begin to notice that. And the strange thing that I found in my own personal life. Now, this is just me. I'm just sharing with you some things that God's done for me and some things that, that I, I, I want to share with you that you can maybe look at for yourself. It's entirely up to you. I'm not uh, obviously just trying to be a blessing. Uh, but the, 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 the truth was that I, I became, I, I, for lack of a better word, I, addicted. Uh, we don't like to say we're addicted to something because it makes us sound weak and vulnerable. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, if we do something more than we're supposed to, no matter what it is, and, and you keep finding yourself going back to and doing it, uh, it is an addiction. Unfortunately, that's what it is. And I felt like that's where I was with um, with my phone and, and just uh, all the different social media platforms back uh, at uh, when the when the when the President Trump uh, was not uh, in uh, did, did not uh, win the election or. Um, and, and Biden was, was put in the White House. I was so frustrated with social media, so frustrated with uh, just the news in general and news media. I canceled all kinds of subscriptions. I got off of, of, uh, of Instagram. I had an Instagram account, deleted that. I had a Twitter account with, I don't know, 3,000 plus followers. Um, I deleted that, just got off of it. Um, but, I, but I had a, a Facebook page that I had uh, created last year during COVID. Now, interestingly enough, this is just how this works. I have preached against Facebook since it came out. It started back years ago, years ago, when people were creating fake Facebook accounts under my name, posting pictures of me and my family, and I battled with them, and I'd have to contend with that and send them emails and do whatever, try to get those pages deleted. And uh, I, as a pastor, I saw the strife and the discord that was created. People in fa on, on Facebook and church members posting things and, and, and putting pictures out there of where they've been, what they've been doing. Uh, that they, I don't know if they didn't think anybody was going to see it, which is crazy to me because that's what they put it out there for was people, people to see it. It was like they only wanted certain people to see it. They only wanted the world to see it. They only wanted their unsaved family members to see it. They didn't want their church or their pastor or their parents. Many times young people put things and they didn't want their parents to see it. It's like you put it on the internet, you put it on the World Wide Web, what do you expect? And as a pastor, it was a source of great grief for me. Many times I found myself having to counsel people over things they put on the, on, on the internet and Facebook and 
And then they get on there and argue with one another and make and make comments under each other's uh, post uh, and say hurtful things and rude things and things that were not Christ-like that they never would have said to each other's face, but they would feel free to put that on their Facebook page and they would go on and run down the church and get mad at me or get mad at the church and then leave disgruntled and, uh, and, and upset. And the first thing they'd do is get on the social media and just run the church through the mud and, and slander the preacher and slander those in the church that they had a problem with. Just the most ungodly, unchristlike, unbiblical behavior seemed to manifest itself in a, in a dominant way on social media platforms. And as a pastor, I just, I refuse to have it. I refused to to uh, to encourage it, endorse it. I just felt like, to me, I felt like joining that those platforms was a, was a direct violation to Psalm chapter one, verse number one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Uh, I just felt like joining that community uh, was basically becoming a participator with that crowd, and uh, probably was right. Uh, but but uh, after years and years of preaching against Facebook and blowing people out for spending all their time on Facebook during COVID last year, when we went through that shutdown and everybody was quarantined, I felt so alienated from our church. I felt so disconnected from our church family and our people and our seniors that I went and um, I guess it was March or April of last year, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to do this. And I went, and I knew nothing about Facebook. I didn't have a clue how it worked. I, I, I mean, you will talk about um, feeling like a dummy. And I set up an account, and, and uh, immediately everybody started friending me. And I, I accepted their friend, letting them be a friend. And uh, I went and, you know, followed and friended people in the church and a few preacher friends and a few missionaries. And, and uh, you know, I'd get on the piano and sing a song and send that out. And... Um, Little little pep talks and little videos and devotionals and just trying to stay in touch with our church during the the, the COVID shutdown during uh, March and April and I felt like I just needed to stay engaged and and uh, then lo and behold that thing just uh, exploded once people figured out I was on there I was just absolutely inundated with friend requests and um, I figured out uh, immediately that there was so many traps so many uh, areas uh, in social media that you'd be careful. You know, these ungodly people, these wicked women trying to friend you with these with these uh, obscene pictures. And man, I was like, goodness gracious! Every time I picked my phone up, I was getting I was getting slammed with all this filth, all this garbage. And and then the, the messenger I figured out the messenger was part of it. It's a different app, but it's all tied in together. And my goodness, the hundreds and hundreds of people messaging me and sending me video clips of this and that and and people overseas and uh, these poor guys overseas, bless their heart, in India and Pakistan, Africa, asking for money and sending dozens of pictures of their church and, and wanting you to help them build a building. And man, I had all that coming at me. And then I had all these people asking questions and and some of it was some of it was good. Some of it was uh, interesting. People asking Bible questions. People asking what time our services start. But man, every time I picked my phone up, it was like, what in the world? And little little by little, I just found myself getting sucked into this thing. And of course, in my mind, my intentions were pure. My intentions were were just ministry and helping people and being a blessing. And uh, the Lord let me do that. You know, I started the podcast and. I, 
uh, put on, on on social media, put on Facebook and YouTube, and, and people watch that and respond to that, and that's a blessing. I put my messages on there and shared our services on there, and during, during the live stream, uh, during the pandemic, our live stream audience exploded. I mean, we went from just a couple hundred views to a couple thousand views uh, during the pandemic when so many other churches were shut down and a lot of people's church didn't have live stream capability. I thought, man, this is a great vehicle to be able to let people be able to click on here and watch our services. And and my 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 heart and my mind was in the right place with this uh, social media, but just little by little, little by little, and that's how the devil works. Little by little, I found myself using the Facebook not just for ministry and to, you know, help people figure out what they need to do as far as their spiritual walk with God and giving advice and counsel. And I found myself just going on there and clicking and watching things and videos and and uh, seeing what people were doing and clicking on people's profiles and looking at their pictures. And, you know, and just little by little, I found myself as I said a moment ago, almost addicted. You know, every time I stop, every time I'd stop, I'd pick my phone up and I just automatically hit that Facebook icon right there on my on my screen. And you know, I may have two minutes to kill standing in line or uh, sitting at a red light or uh, doctor's office or uh, wherever. You know, sit down on the couch and first thing you do is just grab your phone and start looking through social media. And it always starts. You check your notifications. You check. Uh, I had to check comments. A lot of people get on my stuff and comment. They leave, uh, they leave uh, vulgar, filthy comments. I had to go through there and delete all those and block people and ban people and and the people friend request and you know you can only have five thousand friends on Facebook before you max out. And uh, man, I started that Facebook page back in uh, I don't know March or April. I can't remember exactly when it was. And uh, just to be honest with you, I, I hit. I could have had five thousand friends. Within the first four months, I deleted most of the people that wanted to be friends. I'd go look at who they were and didn't know anything about them, and I just, I just not let them. I've got almost five thousand friends there now. And I went and started a public figure page to try and accommodate all the other people that wanted to keep up with us without me having to uh, friend them. And that one's got a couple thousand. And I just, I was like, man, this thing swarmed on me, and I, I just, I found, I found myself distracted. That's an understatement to say distracted, and it, it just occurred to me that I was spending entirely way too much time uh, commenting on people's things and and weighing in on things and commenting, and and I just I decided back when our family went on vacation, I decided I was going to take a whole week and not get on Facebook. I'm not going to post. I'm not going to write anything. I'm not going to comment on anything. I'm not going to respond to any news headlines that pop up. I'm not going to weigh in on any debates. I'm going to just not. And uh, that week, I did get on Facebook a few times and look at it, but I didn't post anything. For me, it was a test in self-control. It was it was like, I am not going to do this. I'm going to take a week and not post anything. And I did that for a whole week. And to be honest with you, it was harder than I thought it was. That the urge when you read something, a news headline, or somebody puts something very provocative, you know. And I, I watch these these news. Um, I have I subscribe to these news uh, uh, articles that to keep you informed and what's going on in the country. And man, you your blood pressure just goes out the roof. And you, your first response is, I need to weigh in on that. I want to comment. I want to let people know where I stand on that. 
And to resist that urge for a solid week, it was a bigger challenge than I realized. So much so that I said, I think I need to probably do this again another week. Came home from vacation and I just started weaning myself off of it. And it was a process. It was almost like a detox. It was for me, it was almost like cutting off your right hand uh, to not say anything, not respond, just just keep going. I'd look at it and I'd just close it out. And boy, I want to say something. I want to comment. I want to post something. And I went several weeks and I realized that I needed to make a decision. And to be honest with you, the Lord really dealt with me about it way back then. But my reasons for not deleting the app off of my phone, which I have now done, was I thought, well, if I, if I do that, I can't, I can't share our services. That was a big deal to me when our church goes live stream to be able to share. By the way, let me mention this. If, you, if your church has a live stream and you have social media, you have Facebook, your church has live stream, and you don't share your services, I, 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 don't, I personally I don't understand that. I mean, we talk about inviting people to church, passing out tracts and outreach cards in the community. You're sitting in your pew five minutes before church starts. You've got your phone in your hand. You can literally hit one button and you could send that service, our service, your service, wherever you go to church. You could send that invitation to join in the service on live stream to everybody that is a friend on your Facebook page. And yet I'm shocked how many Christians use their social media and their Facebook for everything under the sun except the furtherance of the ministry and the furtherance of the, of the things of God. And, and though I realized I needed to delete this app, I needed to get this albatross out from around my neck. I needed to break free from the chains of this social media. The only reason why I held on to it was because I wanted to share the services. And if you go back and watch our services uh, many times, or if you're in our church and you see me on the platform two minutes for church, I'm up there trying to find our live stream and share it and, and let people know that we're, you know, we're having service. But that was like the last, the last straw for me that this is the only reason why I've still got this app on my, on my phone is so I can share it. And it was as if the Holy Spirit of God said, that's not a good enough reason. You need to, you need to delete it. So last week I'd had enough, I'd had enough of it. I'm going a little bit long on my podcast today, but that's fine. I'm, I'm just opening my heart and sharing with you um, that you can go back and look at my social media. I didn't post pictures of my food. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't take pictures of of everything and everybody and 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 get on there with a bunch of nonsense. And when I, I put stuff up there, I try to put stuff up there that was beneficial or at least provoke you to think, provoke you to love and good works. That was one of my biggest things was to provoke one another to love and good works and and challenge you and give you something to think about. But I used it for all kinds of things that looking back now, I realized it was just um, a, a, an albatross. It was, a, it was an obstacle in my life. The verse really that got me was redeeming the time, Ephesians 5, 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. How much time I wasted. How much time I wasted on that phone. Colossians chapter number four and verse number five says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And I found out that the devil can use uh, our devices, no pun intended, as a way to, to get an advantage over us if we're not wise to them. And so God challenged me. The Holy Spirit dealt with me about uh, taking that uh, Facebook off my, off my phone. Now, I've still got it on my computer. 
and I can get on there and upload a podcast or or whatever, but uh, not not in my car, not not at home, not on the couch, not at the dining room table, not on the back patio, not on the back porch where I'm sitting out there with my family enjoying the evening. Uh, I'm not on my Facebook anymore. And the, the, the freedom, I can't even begin to explain to you the freedom, the, the liberty, the, the peace of mind that, um, that God has allowed to flood my soul since I did that. And, um, you know, I just, I thought about how many couples go to bed at night and lay beside one another and they're on their phones. They're on their phones. They're not talking. They're not fellowshipping. They're not communing. They're not, they're not being intimate with one another. They're on their phones looking at social media. I saw a Valentine card one day in the store and it said, uh, this was a Valentine's day card. Now it said, I can't think of anyone else that I'd rather lay beside in the bed and play on my phone with. And it was supposed to be funny. And I guess it is, but I thought this is where we're at in 2021 where couples go to bed and instead of enjoying one another's company and fellowship and intimacy as a husband and wife, they just, they're going down this wormhole in their, on their phones um, and just looking at everybody's stuff and how close you can be laying in the bed with your wife how close you can be and still be so far apart. And I felt like God impressed upon my heart. Take the phone out of your hand. Replace that phone with your wife's hand. Replace that, that phone in your hand with your child's hand. And, and uh, all the things that I've found myself freed up to do without that on my phone. Try it. I just challenge you, try it. You say, well, that's not a, it's, not, it's not a weight in my life. I tell you what you do. You delete that app off of your phone. Just do it for one week and tell me later. Tell me at the end of the week if it wasn't a wait. Tell me. Say, I, I, there's no, been no different whatsoever in my life. It's not affected my productivity. It's not affected quality time with my children. It's not affected uh, my time with God, my prayer life, my Bible reading. Tell me, tell me after a week. Just try it. I thought about the, the, the time that we could spend talking and interacting with our children. How many times in the middle of a conversation, just out of habit, I reach over, pick my phone up and tap the icon on my phone just out of habit. I wasn't even thinking about it. I wasn't even really interested in it was a habit. It was an addiction. And when I, when I realized that I was ashamed, I was embarrassed. I was mad at myself that I had allowed that to become in, into my life, steal time away from me and my wife. I mean, you can go in the kitchen and help her cook, talk to her while she's cooking help with the dishes, uh, declutter your garage. I went out in the garage last week with my son and five or six big tubs and boxes I found of bolts and screws and nails and, and all the different hardware. And we sat there and laid a towel out on the counter and we spent time together and sorting nails and screws and just cleaning up and decluttering and organizing tools. And that's time that I would have been on my phone. Uh, the Lord has allowed me to almost complete. It'll be ready next week. Lord willing, volume three of Notes and Nuggets, 600 page uh, of outlines uh, to go with first uh, volume one and volume two that I was able to, with Brother Leader's help, knock this thing out in a week. And I thought, man, I could have done this months ago, but I was just wasting time. And I justified it. I justified the time I wasted with all the things that I did productively for the Lord and for others when I wasn't wasting time. But then I thought, 
How much time have I wasted? And really what hit me was a preacher friend of mine said to me, he said, I don't know how you do as much as you do. I don't know how you get as much done as you get writing all these books and, and all the things that you do. And I looked at him and I was embarrassed. And I said, brother, I could do twice as much as I'm doing now if I get off my stupid phone. I said, I waste more time. And that's when it occurred to me. I waste more time. And I, I was ashamed and I asked God to forgive me. And I, I just want to challenge you. Take that time and read a book, write a book. Uh, call a friend, get off of Facebook and be an old-fashioned friend. Pick up the phone, call them, have a conversation, check on them, talk to them. Call a missionary, email a missionary. Do something, learn, learn something new. Declutter your brain and your life and, and, and redeem the time lest Satan should get an advantage because we're not ignorant of his devices. Isaiah 26.3, let me leave you with this. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I believe the reason why a lot of people are struggling with sleep, they're struggling uh, with uh, peace of mind, they're struggling in their walk with God, their marriage uh, as a parent, if they have allowed the devil through social media to hang an albatross around their neck and hinder them and impede them, it causes guilt and anxiety and it's a burden. Ditch that thing. Just take that albatross out from around your neck and throw it out in the ocean and free up your life. Free up your life. I challenge you, try it. Lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I went a little long today on the episode, uh, but I hope that I said something to encourage you, challenge you. I love you. I appreciate you listening to the episode today. If it's been a blessing, why don't you share it? And if it's been a blessing, feel free to shoot me an email or text message. I'm off uh, Facebook for the most part on my phone. I don't get on Messenger much, and so you probably won't get me that way. But um, if it's been a blessing, share it. Let me know. And until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.